When you're smiling. Hey, you. Bubbly sparkling water is crisp, refreshing, and perfect for any occasion. Kind of like my voice, but in a can. No calories, no sweeteners, all smiles. Bubbly. Crack a smile. Hello, movie lovers, and welcome to the show. For today's podcast, I actually have a little bit of sweaty news that just broke out today within the comic book realm, and that is the fact that Batfleck is back for Andy Muschietti's Flashpoint movie. This is actually going to be the standalone film for the Flash movie. Then J.C. Shandor is actually going to be Craven the Hunter for Sony's uh, villain universe that they actually have set up. I don't know if Tom Holland's going to be attached to this or not, but I'm hoping that they actually bring Tom Holland in pretty soon because right now at this point, it actually would make sense to actually have Tom Holland show, showing up, especially after all these villains that are showing up, especially when you have Morbius. You have Craven the Hunter. Then you also have the anti-hero Venom as well. So it just makes sense to actually have Tom Holland in this franchise. But also too, we also have a little bit of news that broke out from Marvel as well, where Olivia Wilde is secretly working on a female-led film at Marvel. We don't know what it is, but I'm just going to go into some speculation as to what I think it is in a few minutes. Not only that, but I also saw a trailer for a Netflix show called Ratchet. Ratchet looks like a female version of Dexter, but she's a nurse, but I'm going to get to that in a few minutes. So, with further ado, let's go on ahead and get on with the show, shall we? So, Ben Affleck is back, and I'm excited to actually see him back. It's good to know that Andy Muschietti wants him for this movie. Not only that, but we also have Michael Keaton. My, my Batman, 1989 Batman, is going to be in the Flashpoint movie, which is actually mind-blowing to me, that we actually have two of my favorite Batmans in, in one movie. So that's actually fantastic. I'm excited for this. Now, this is what Andy Muschietti actually had to say whenever he was actually in an interview about having... Been back, and I'm and I'm just gonna go on ahead and say this. When I break down the news, I like to give you context behind what I'm saying, so that way it's not gonna be misconstrued or anything like that. You guys can actually go off of what I'm saying and then go into my speculations. But his Batman is has a dichotomy that is very strong, which is his uh, masculinity because of the way he looks and the imposing figure that he has and his jawline, but he's also very vulnerable. Mushietti said he knows how to deliver from the inside out and vulnerability. He just needs a story that follows him to bring the contrast. That balance afflicts a very substantial part of the emotional impact of the movie. The interaction and relationship between Barry and Affleck's Wayne will bring an emotional level that we haven't seen before. It's Barry's movie, it's Barry's story, but the characters are more related than we think. They both lost their mothers to murder, and that's one of the emotional vessels of the movie that's where the Affleck Batman kicks in. Now, we are all, this is what he also said about Ben Affleck with his addiction with alcohol. And I really have to say, I respect Andy Muschietti for the way he actually handled it. Because I know there's a lot of people that's actually going to attack Ben because of the fact that he was dealing with alcoholism during the time of the of Justice League and some of the other films that he actually put out before Justice League. But I just have to respect Andy Muschietti for the direction that he actually wants to go in with his Flashpoint movie and also, too, to actually add Ben Affleck into this film. And it's never too late to actually add talent to your movie roster, so this is actually good for business and also, too, for us, the fans. But this is what he had to say about Ben. He said, We are all human and go through great times in our lives and troubled times 
in our life, Bushietti said. Right now, he's in a place where he can actually enjoy being Batman. It's, uh, it's a pivotal role, but as at the same time, it's a fun part. This movie is a bit of a hinge in the sense that it presents a story that impiles a unified universe, unified universe, where all the cinematic interactions that we've seen before are valid. It's inclusive in the sense that it is saying all that you, you've seen exists and everything that you will see exists in the same unified multiverse. So I love the fact that, you know, Andy Muschietti actually knows the direction that he wants to go in, like I mentioned before. Not only that, but he also knows what the, the script is actually calling for. We actually know that there's going to be some type of emotional attachment to ha that's going to happen, especially whenever you look at Barry's life, whenever he loses his mother. Not only that, but like he also said, too, with Bruce's character, he also lost his mom and father, but it's very much at the same level where... He can relate to Barry. They they are also technical nerds, if you actually think about it, or geeks, if you will. And, you know, that's something that we actually got in the Justice League movie that Joss Whedon actually got kind of right. But at the same time, I didn't like the Justice League movie, so I can't wait until the Snyder Cut is actually going to be released. But you can actually tell that they actually have this chemistry between the two of them that actually binds them. And then they're going to dive in even deeper into this Flashpoint movie, which makes it a whole lot more clearer as to why they actually have that connection aside from the technology and everything else. And I love that. I love the fact that they're actually playing that narrative where Barry is actually going through something dark in his life. And then there's a chance that uh, Bruce Wayne, Batman can step in and be like, you know what? I was down this path before and everything. I can't, I'll be there for you. I'll help you through this and everything. And that's what I'm getting out of it is the fact that Ben can be a little bit of a stepping into the light kind of thing where he can be a light for Barry versus him being so dark. But he's like he said, it's a little bit of a complexity with Batman. He can also play vulnerability and, you know, Ben can actually play vulnerability really well. And I cannot wait to see what this thing's actually going to look like. And we already know that Barry is probably going to think that he can actually fix this by going back in time to the point where his mother might be alive to where he can recorrect stuff. Maybe he goes too far away from his own timeline before he could, so he can't fix it. It might be one of those things where it's impossible to fix and he makes a mess out of everything like he, like Barry does in the TV series. And he winds up in the 1980s at a, at a different part of Bruce Wayne's life or just another version of what Batman is. And this makes me excited. It just shows how big this multiverse is actually is. And I'm glad they're actually introducing the multiverse and giving us new stuff. And Andy Muschietti also said too, that this is not going to, he's not going to add any type of horror elements into this film at all or anything like that. And I can actually appreciate the fact that they're not going to, he's not going to do that because Barry in a way is a lighthearted character, regardless of the fact of what he's been through in his life. Yeah, he has some dark mo moments and stuff like that, but it's nowhere as dark as what Bruce Wayne Batman it has been through. But, you know, he's a light. He's a Barry is going to get through that thing where he's going to be a light for all the other superheroes, where he has that lightheartedness, where that joking that he always does, because he's Barry Allen. And yes, he's going to go through a dark and hard time, but after a while, 
you know, it's like everyday life. You go through some dark times in your in chapters in your life, but then after a while, it starts getting a little bit better, and then you see a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel. And I think that's when we actually have Ben that comes in, of course, and tries to help him through this dark road that he's on, through his depression, through this whole entire thing. And also questioning this, too. If I would have been there a few minutes earlier, my mother would have been alive. Or vice versa. What could I have done to actually prevent this from actually happening for my mom to die? And why does she die? And it's just questions and stuff like that that he's left in limbo because he doesn't know what to do. He's young. He's he's just a kid. He wants to be able to have his mother back again. And that's just something that breaks my heart to actually see Barry actually go through where he's losing his, where he lost his mother. And like I mentioned this too, I mean, between Barry and uh, Affleck's Wayne, and like he said, the emotional level that we haven't seen before, I love the aspect of the fact that we haven't seen that emotional level before and everything, and it's also a chance for Ben to actually open up, which is Bruce Wayne, to be able to open up to Barry and say, and like I said, to be able to just tell him, "Look, man, I've been there myself. I know what you're going through. I went through the emotions of, of what you're doing. What could I have done differently to prevent my mother and father from dying? What could I have done differently to protect them from do, from what they did?" Uh, for me and protected me what could I have done maybe I could have actually stayed in the opera house a little bit longer or the movie theater a lot longer and maybe my mom and dad might have lived or something different and it just plays off the narrative so well that you know Barry can relate and of course Barry's going to do what Barry's going to do he's going to go back in time and try and see if he can actually fix it rather than having to deal with it because he wants an easy fix, an easy way out. And of course, when we actually try and do an easy way out, an easy fix, we manage to screw things up even 10 times worse than what it is. So for Barry, I can actually understand why he would go back in time and try and fix things and things like that. This is me speculating as to why I, he's going to be going back in time, but it actually makes sense in that level, in that kind of context for him to go back in time. But that's just my opinion. I want to know what you guys have to say about that because... I feel like that it's going to be a different type of uh, Batman that we actually know. I think this is actually going to be Batman showing his emotional range, not only showing his emotional range, but opening himself up and also to being a beacon for Barry Allen. And that's something that we haven't seen before because he hasn't really been a beacon for anybody before or shown a light or open up to anyone other than maybe Diane or whatever but still him opening up to Barry would be a great thing and I, I want to see that I want to actually see that in its full context and see how it actually is played off of the screen and I know there's a big difference between what's written on the pages of a script to what's actually on the screen and it might not actually adapt well but it makes me geek out at the fact that we're even getting this conversation between Bruce Wayne and Barry Allen. And then, of course, too, I want to know, too, what this whole entire thing that we're actually going to be getting with Michael Keaton and everything as well. So, hey, it makes me geeked out. I'm sweaty about it, you know. And if you're a comic book fan, you're going to end up being geeked out over this as much as I am. I think you are. And I know there's a lot of people that don't like Ben, but Ben is a great actor. And I used to not care for Ben or whatever, especially in the early days with Phantoms, Reindeer Games, and stuff like that. 
But what really opened my mind was Argo. Argo is probably maybe the most underrated film that Ben Affleck ever wrote and ever directed. And, you know, that's what opened up my eyes saying, you know what, this guy actually has what it takes to be an actor, a director, and a writer. He can do his thing, and I'll be completely happy with it. I I love just about everything that he's actually put out, all except maybe Live by Night, which is actually not a movie that wasn't directed by him or anything like that. But you can't deny the fact that he doesn't have range because he has he's so diverse in the way that he actually does things to the point where you know he just becomes that character. He comes glued in to what his character actually is, and this is why I'm excited for it. So tell me what you guys think about this. Um. Uh, this news that actually broke out too, where Deadline actually reported this, as J.C. Shandor is going to be Craven the Hunter. Now, I actually had to go do some digging for Craven the Hunter because here's the thing: I know of him, but I don't know that much about him or anything like that. And basically, this is what his character is about. He's actually his real name is uh, Sergei uh, Krenov. And he's a Soviet immigrant. Not only that, but he doesn't use guns. He doesn't use bows or anything like that. He uses his bare hands to try and hunt the person down. So if we actually introduce Tom Holland into this whole entire Sony realm of these villains, and they actually have Craven the Hunter in this film with Peter Parker trying to hunt him and everything, that will actually blow my mind because it shows that, number one, it shows Peter Parker's vulnerability of trying to figure out a way to actually hide from this guy who wants to hunt him down and kill him with his own bare hands. Number three, number two, is this. I think that we it's about time that they actually introduce Tom Holland into the Sony-verse because I know they were going to do it at first, you know, but the reason why they didn't do it with Venom or anything like that was because of the fact Disney decided to pull the plug on that and put him into something else. And I'm just geeked out that there might be a possibility that might that we're actually going to get Tom Holland sometime soon because he actually signed on for a couple of Spider-Man uh, films and stuff like that too with Sony. So it makes me wonder if maybe he's actually going to be in this universe with these villains. And, you know, I think that... Having Tom Holland as Spider-Man is probably the best thing that happened with the MCU and Sony as well. I'm excited to see what they're actually going to do with it. And like I said, having Kraven the Hunter in this as the villain to try and hunt down Peter Parker, I'm, I'm sold on it. I'm sold on that idea. Because we do need to have him where he's actually being, uh, being a threat to another villain. And don't get me wrong, I'm going to be honest with you. I was kind of let down with Spider-Man Far From Home, especially with the villain route that they actually decided to do. But with this, they can actually do a lot more with Craven. They can actually go to the ra- to the range of Peter's scared for his life because he can actually sense the fear that's coming off of Peter. Peter's trying to everything that he can to hide from Craven, but Craven just keeps on coming at him, and it just shows that he's scared and he doesn't know what else to do. And that's something that I really want to see. I want to see where Peter is becoming the hunted and he's trying everything he can to try and avoid this guy or trying to figure out a way to bring this guy down before he uh, winds up causing havoc in New York City 
as well. So I think that that would actually be the best route to go about it. But that's just my own take on it. But still, I mean, it makes me excited. I'm geeked out over this. I'm sweaty over it. You know, and I I can't wait to actually hear what you guys actually have to say about that. Because Craven the Hunter is the most classic, underrated character that we actually have in a Spider-Man universe. Or in the comics itself as well. Because here's the thing. I can guarantee you right now, nobody knows who Craven the Hunter is. And like I said, I know of him, but I don't know him, know, know him or anything like that. So I actually had to dig into a little bit of his backstory and stuff like that to actually understand who he is. But the stuff that I did find out, it makes me want to be afraid of this guy and everything as well. So without further ado, let's go on ahead and talk about our next thing. So we have Olivia Wilde. And they've been, Sony has been, not Sony, but Marvel has actually been talking to them for a while, talking to her for a while now. And it's a secret female-led film. So, my thought is this. We already know that we're already going to get another Captain Marvel movie. We know that. That's already over and done with. But, here's the thing. I'm thinking that we're going to get She-Hulk. It would actually make more sense to actually have her probably do a She-Hulk movie. I can actually see her actually directing a She-Hulk movie and everything else before any other lead-led, female-led movies and stuff like that. Because I think that She-Hulk will be actually a good fit for her and stuff like that. Especially whenever you actually look at uh, Olivia Wilde as as a whole, because I think that she's actually a pretty talented person that can actually bring something to light with She-Hulk. I think that she will be able to bring Gravitross to everyone to make people go out and spend their tickets to go see She-Hulk. And like I said, this is just me going off the cuff. There's no truth to this. This is purely speculations as to who, what movie I think that she's actually going to be directing. So... That's how um th- that's the route that I'm thinking that she's actually gonna go go on. But hey, I could be wrong. It could be something else, something totally out of the box, as well. I know some people are hoping that maybe it's not Squirrel Girl because Squirrel Girl is really OP, which is overpowered. And to be honest with you, I'm not crazy about Squirrel Girl myself, so I don't see that actually happening. Not only that, but I don't even see that many Squirrel Girl uh, fans at all. To be honest with you. So now, I want to get into my other thing. And this actually might be a little bit less than what I actually do for my show. I know that I actually talk a little bit longer and stuff like that. and But, you know, there's not much news that actually broke today. So, if my show is a little bit shorter than usual, I do apologize for that. But, j- here's the thing. I- I'm actually excited for something that actually dropped today. Something that hit me by surprise. And that is the fact that I just witnessed a little TV series or movie off of Netflix called Ratchet. And Ratchet looks like it's going to be a great uh, TV series. And matter of fact, that's exactly what it is, a TV series. And if you guys don't know what Ratchet is, it's, it's basically a female version of what Dexter is. But instead of her working for, like, Miami PD or anything like that, she's actually a nurse and everything. And, you know, I th- here's the thing. It actually takes place in the 1940s, maybe the 1950s, or maybe 60s. And she's a nurse. And 
that whole tone reminds me of Dexter because she's a nurse. She actually knows how to kill somebody. She knows how to get away with certain things as well. And I like the fact that, you know, they're playing, they're giving a female led, a female led role like that. And she just, this, the actress that plays her just gives you the chills. It gives you some eerie, some type of creepiness to that character as well as like, Hey, you don't need to be messing with her or anything like that. And I really have to say, this show looks like it's going to be really good for a change. And I love what they did with the Umbrella Academy for seasons one and season two. It's only imagine what they can do with a show like Ratchet and the links that they will actually go through with this uh, show. So I can't wait until I actually see this show for what it is. But anyways, that's all that I actually have for tonight. I hope that you guys did enjoy this show. And I'm I'm going to be back again pretty soon. I know that this weekend I'm going to be pretty busy. Maybe Sunday I might actually have another episode. Maybe Tamika might actually be on with me. But I know Friday and Saturday I I'm, my schedule is pretty packed as far as my personal life goes. But I hope that you guys actually enjoy this show. And of course, you know, go on ahead, smash that share button. Go ahead. Tell me what you guys actually think about the show. Send me a voicemail message. And always until next time, bye-bye. And one more thing before I actually sign off. I'm actually going to be launching a website. And on that website, you guys actually get to buy some merchandise from me. So if you like t-shirts, if you like uh, coffee mugs, face masks now nowadays is a big uh, commodity, especially with the coronavirus. I'm going to be having that in my store. The first two items, I'm going to be dropping items in my store once a month. So this month is going to be the start of it. And I'm trying to get everything launched by Monday. But I'm going to have t-shirts in there, and then I'm going to have the face mask, because that's the two main things that I want to actually have. And then the next month after, I'm going to have two other products inside that store. So keep a lookout for that. Also, too, if you guys want to donate to me, you guys don't have to donate to the show or anything like that, but it's appreciated. It's just to keep the lights on. And it's called buymeacoffee.com slash movielovers. As a matter of fact, you can go on ahead and look in the description notes, and you'll actually find that link in the in the description so if you guys want to donate me like five cups of coffee or whatever you guys are more than welcome to do that you guys don't have to but i understand everybody is in the same boat as i am whenever it's dealing with the coronavirus things like that and they may not be able to do it but it's greatly appreciated if you guys can so anyways until next time bye bye stay safe and god bless hey guys john here look i forgot to go on ahead and mentioned this when I was geeking out over the Batman news that Ben Affleck is indeed returning for uh, Flashpoint. But this is what I was on thinking, too. Don't forget, in the Batman, Joe Manganiello was actually going to be Deathstroke. So what if the possibility that maybe Deathstroke shows up in Flashpoint at some time and they actually have to fight each other? I would actually be excited for that. I don't know if you guys would be or not or anything like that, but it's just something to think about because of the fact Andy Muschietti is actually bringing back Ben. So would that actually mean that Barry goes back into too far into the future or the past to actually bring us a Deathstroke versus Batman match? I don't know. Call me crazy, but I think it could actually work. Tell me what you guys actually have to think. What you guys actually think about that? As a matter of fact, you know. Think of this little small segment as like a Marvel movie. 
got to see the ending credits and everything, but there's actually a little small piece at the end. This is what this is. So tell me what you guys actually think about that. So as always, until next time, bye-bye. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.